It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap ball. Hand off Jacobs. That's the first down of the goal. 15, 10, 5, touchdown Raiders! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs to your corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown Raiders. An absolutely perfect pass. Thank you. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner. And now, filling in for JT today is Harry Ruiz. Thank you, Raider Nation, for joining me here today, hour number two of the JT The Brick Show. It's always an honor being here in the studio with Bobby Machado, our magnificent producer, and with you calling in to the show, 702-365-9200. I'll take your calls, but after I talk with my next guest, who is already on the line, Murph, from Raiders Fan Radio, I was able to catch up with him for a bit during the tailgate that went down on Sunday afternoon, or well, Sunday morning out there at Allegiant Stadium before the first preseason game, the clobbering of the Raiders against the 49ers. Murph, how much did you enjoy being out there with the Raider dad folks and then heading into the stadium with the game? Oh my gosh, it was a great day, right? I mean, it was it was hot because it's a Las Vegas desert, but it was, uh, man, it was just a perfect day to be out there. The Raider dad folks put on a heck of a tailgate, uh, taking 54 families uh, to a Raider game. You know, of course, uh, not only being able to take underprivileged kids to a game, but being able to share that and to connect that with the parental figures in their life and to do it through the Raiders. Like, I mean, it, it couldn't have been better. And so many good folks that came out to support that, that effort, you know, uh, we had food vendors out there like Jay's gourmet, uh, you know, different various volunteer organizations that came together to support the Raider dad folks. So uh, we just had a great time out there. Could not be more honored to be, um, you know, associated with, with our support of Raider dad. And it was awesome to have, uh, to have you come by and swing through the tailgate Harry and to hang out with us for a little while and, and show your support of Raider dad as well. And always good, a uh, uh, good time catching up with you and talk a little bit of Raiders football. Hey man, that's what Raider nation is all about. Showing love, and being able to interact with fellow fans of the silver and black. And I've, I had the fortune of doing it in Oakland. I had the fortune of doing it in San Diego. I had the fortune of doing it in Mexico city and now doing it out here in Las Vegas, where I can actually go to every single game and go to the tailgates and hang out with the people. It brings me energy. It makes me more and more excited about every game because that's what it's all about. Players come and go, uh, front office, people come and go, coaches come and go. But the fans, the Raider Nation is always there. And you, with Raiders Fan Radio, you get the connection directly also with the fans. And how do you feel the pulse of the nation after that preseason game against the Niners, where I'm cautiously optimistic? Yeah, you know, it's, I think most of us keep it within context. of You know, at least frame it, the conversation around. We understand that it's preseason. You know, we understand that it's... Um, that it's joint practices and we understand those those things certainly um so when i you know a lot of times as fans you know we obviously we get our feelings and we get fired up and we you know we start talking about this stuff but i think that really everyone's doing a really good job for the most part of kind of tempering expectation but also being open to the positivity and the courage not courage but but to be encouraged by what's gone on 
so far early on here in the in the preseason and in training camp that you know you can just you can just see it in the and whether it's the player interviews or just the the whole entire spirit and dynamic it seems around these practices and these games has been I I mean so much positivity to to take from it um, you really see the camaraderie is really there amongst the players the leadership the different leaders that have emerged you know based on some of the departures of some of the other players players I mean there was a leadership void. Um, that was there and to see the guys that have stepped up and to fill those roles and have so far been doing it extremely well um, and then the, having the play on the field reflect it I mean talk about being energized in a preseason game I mean again understanding the context of that it, it's so early but wow some of these young guys that I, I think a lot of us or a lot of folks were underwhelmed by some of the moves the Raiders made in the offseason who wanted to see bigger names or different draft picks coming out but so far, so good, Harry. I mean, there's there's not a lot to be negative about, and that's, you know, frankly, that's been a rarity for us at times over the past handful of years. Is that you know we've 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 had a lot of expectation and felt like we've kind of come up short, and so it's really um, it's really nice to be in a position to where you know we were a little tempered, and now things seem to be exceeding uh, what we were thinking going in. So yeah, it's hard to preach patience to preach trust when winning hasn't been consistent in the last two decades but I'll say this at times that's what you need you need to just be able to a give this coaching staff a another year of being able to build this team their way give the the front office another year of being to construct the roster the way that they wanted and at the end of the day Murph this is the first year that the team actually has a complete full draft allotment to be able to pick players that won't only be able to help this year but for the next four years at least Absolutely. I mean, I think this 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 core group of young guys uh, that we have. I mean, on both sides of the football, there's again, there's a lot to be encouraged by. There, already seeing them demonstrate some pretty, you know, pretty good physical skills out there as for terms of playmaking ability, and again, and just in leadership and demeanor and 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 everything that that um, you know that you just want to see as a fan. Um, all those things are, are are starting to show up, you know, pretty darn early. And like you said, you know, with a full full draft roster now I mean and now seeing Tyree Wilson get the get the clear and then coming back and already you know early on here in his time in, in camp you know showing some stuff I mean it's 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 awesome man I'm, I think that I think this could be a year and I mean call me crazy and and I think the Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl every year so that's my just my silver and black heart um, uh, talking there but I think the Raiders are going to exceed some expectations and be sneaky good this year I think they're going to be a lot better than what I think a lot of mainstream media is giving them credit for. Again, for fans like us and folks that follow this team day in and day out, you know, where maybe the mainstream folks aren't looking at it through the microscope, um, you know, that you and I and a lot of folks are listening to this are. But I, so I think that the mainstream folks are going to be surprised with, with this Raiders team and, and what we're going to do this year. Hey, a lot of people say why, and we're like, why not? Go out there and do it. And at the end of the day, when you got leaders like Max Crosby and Devontae Adams, when was the last time that you were talking about the Raiders having three players in the top 20 of the top 100 of the NFL, Murph? And we're talking with Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. And Murph, the talent is there on this team. And now they just got to gel as a, as a group. And that's something I look at, for example, over with the Dodgers. At the beginning of this season, a lot of people were like, hey, you know what? Down here, they don't have enough. Uh, it might not be good enough for the for the Dodgers and look right now they're a team that is just 
gone together as a group, and they made winning a habit once again. Let's see if the Silver and Black, they can do the same thing. Prepare all week long to go out there and be winners and win the day. That's what they got to do. Win the day. Everyone. Well, you know, Harry is a diehard Oakland A's fan, and having my heart broken as a kid by uh, Kurt Gibson, I refuse to comment on your on your Los Angeles Dodgers. But, <laughs> but <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's you know, and, and I think and I think that we kind of saw that. Um, I, you know, I was rewatching the broadcast after, of course, being at the game in Legion Stadium. Go back and rewatch the broadcast there, and and, and some of the commentary from from Matt Millen and, and Rich Gannon and, and even Jason Horowitz about. You know, just kind of about that idea and talking about in, in particular, like about Aiden O'Connell and just like the, the the way that his timing was on and the way that his decision making was so swift with the football and, and things like that. Like you started to sense that those things were starting to gel already. And we're only two weeks into this thing uh, in terms of that. So I don't know if that's just a testament to not only him and his ability here early on, but maybe also his his work ethic off the field that he's putting in a lot of work and getting that time in the playbook and understanding concepts and all that stuff here, you know, has, has been already doing. Uh, and I, we all know that he has, but I mean, to maybe the level and the, and the, and the, you know, the amount that he's been putting into this thing here before we ever even got started. So uh, I think you're absolutely right. And that, that's that, that cohesion by our young players, I think it's really, it really showed, and it wasn't just O'Connell. That's just one example, but I mean, defensively, we saw it. I mean, I mean, saw the running game. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty encouraging. Again, absolutely. We're talking with Murph with Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, Murph, community service—that's a lot, a big part of you guys out there with Raiders Fan Radio and all the work that you guys do. Talk to us about what you got coming up for the 2023 season where you will be helping uh, diverse foundations. Yeah, so we just we just got done with our work with, with Raider Dad and, and looking forward to growing that partnership uh, next season in, in 2024. Um, so we, we, once we realized we could make some money with our podcast, with Raider Fan Radio, uh, we quickly decided we wanted to give that money all away. And, and so we started our own nonprofit. We call it the One Nation Foundation. And the One Nation Foundation gives to various Raiders-related charities um, like Raider Dad, um, like the, the Bolitnikoff Foundation um, that fosters, of course, Tracy's Place of Hope and the Bolitnikoff Center of Hope. Uh, we'll be looking forward to presenting them a check at their annual uh, Crab Fest uh, that will, that's going to happen uh, later on this year in November. So we'll be back out there in Vegas again to attend that and to present that check. And so um, really excited about the direction of the One Nation Foundation. We've picked up um, some corporate partnerships. Um, we've picked up support from um, some, you know, some other nationally recognized brands and podcasts and um, really just and, and, and the folks like, like yourself that have endorsed our platform and have given us and shared your platform with us to be able to talk about what we do um, has just really taken this thing to the next level and we're looking to add more and more Raiders-related charities and continuing growth uh, with the ones that we're already partnered with. So, so yeah, we're real proud of it, but we're only proud of it because it's not us. Like, we joke all the time. We're just three knuckleheads in a bonus room flipping on microphones talking about the Raiders. It's Raider Nation is what makes this thing go. All of our money is generated by direct donations, merchandise sales, um, you know, raffles, things like that. And all, it's, the, it's our listening audience. It's the folks out there. 
um, that support Raiders Fan Radio are the ones that, that really, really drive this. And so we always want to make sure we honor them and, and divert any of the credit back towards them. We're just a vessel. They are the ones that absolutely make it happen. Of course. Shout out to Merv. Shout out to Swag Jeff. Shout out to the whole crew behind the scenes over there with Raiders Fan Radio. I'm a fan of theirs. I enjoy watching your content you put out on social media. And of course, we met at the Crab Fest last year when you had your, your post linked outside with uh, uh, tons of guests rolling through you got more interviews than i did inside so shout out to you i like the setup that you had in there so that was fantastic this year we'll see you there right november 3rd 2023 at the westgate beletnikov foundation annual crab fest absolutely we will definitely be back there we'll be doing more interviews and you know you're right we did we had some great interviews of course talking to fred and talking to rod martin and talking to you know george atkinson and various raiders legends and, and even legends like chris chris mcdonald shooter mcgavin but harry you were our very first you were the very first one to sit down with us and grant us an interview and so we'll have forever be appreciative of that and look forward to seeing you out there again this year i was a weird mexican that day that got there early that's why that's why I was the first. And I appreciate you guys inviting me. I was like, yeah, sure. I, I'll, I'll, I always have time to talk Raider football, especially with fellow Raider fans. Murph, I appreciate you, my man. Tell people where they can follow you and Raiders Fan Radio on social media. Uh, thank you, Brother Harry. Appreciate that. Yeah, you can find us uh, anywhere on the socials. Just search at Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, you can find us anywhere. And then also foundation is onenationfoundation.net you can uh, donate directly there uh, or you can uh, you know find us on various uh, you know any of our other shows and whatnot there's always opportunities to donate but we just always ask that even if you can't donate monetarily just hit a like hit a subscribe hit a thumbs up tell your raider friends about us any of that kind of stuff helps promote us by getting us advertising opportunities and 100 percent of that money goes to the foundation so anywhere you can find raider span radio just support us there and we appreciate you raider nation we love you guys and can't wait to see you back in vegas that's what it's all about last year 10k donation to the beletnikov foundation at the crap fest how about that let's make it more yeah, this year murph we are we're, we're yeah, our goal is 15 and we're almost there there you go keep supporting raiders fan radio they show love to the beletnikovs which we absolutely love out here on raider nation radio shout out to angela shout out to freddie shout out to amber all the squad behind the scenes they do a fantastic job of course to bring that money towards the place that it needs to be murph i'll talk to you soon and i hope to see you soon as well okay sounds good harry look forward to it you're the best I appreciate you, my man. Thank you so much for joining today's JT The Brick Show here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Next time I see Murph, I'm going to enjoy uh, Modelo with him because Modelo is an official cerveza of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. Modelo, rooted in the heart of the Raider Nation. Drink responsibly. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Raider Nation, that was my last case, guest of the day, so now the phone lines are open exclusively for you. We got 45 minutes left on the show, give or take, so let me hear from you. What did you like about the preseason game against the Niners? What are you expecting from the game coming up on Saturday that you will be listen, able to listen here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM or on Deportes Vegas 1460 AM if you want to listen to the game in Spanish? What do the Raiders have to do in these games? Because Unlike other teams that like using starters, we want to see the Raiders healthy, and that seems to be what the coaching staff and front office want as well. We're seeing the twos, we're seeing the threes, we're seeing the fours, we're seeing the guys that are fighting for a spot on this silver and black roster. Game one, 
passed with flying colors, in my opinion. Let's see game number two on Saturday against the Rams that got beat by the Chargers in week one of the po- of the preseason. So week one, Chargers 37, 34, Rams 17, the Battle of SoFi Stadium. Week two, Raiders against Rams, the most popular team in L.A. versus, unfortunately, the team that won the Super Bowl uh, less than two years ago. And now the Raiders aren't the only team to win a Super Bowl representing the city of Los Angeles. Let's go to a break, Raider Nation, 702 702- 365-9200. We'll come back after that break, and we will also listen to the quarterback of the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo. To the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. Sincere McCormick is in the backfield about five yards back. Garbus rolls right, rolls right, hits McCormick, touchdown! Las Vegas Raiders! Sincere McCormick with the short touchdown grab, and the Raiders are blowing this one open in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Sincere McCormick made the most out of his opportunity this past Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. The former UTSA Roadrunner, undrafted in 2022, he took the field. He did a fantastic job in Division One and when he was with the Roadrunners in Conference USA. But there's a huge difference between Conference USA and the NFL. Finally healthy, he did a fantastic job this past Sunday. Let's see what else he can do Saturday, day after tomorrow. Next preseason game is upon us. And McCormick, another opportunity for him to make do his thing on the field. And this is something that I think is flying under the radar. And I won't say who, but there were some media members that didn't know that there was only one cut down day in this offseason for, well, in this preseason. They still thought there were multiple days. I was like, no. It goes down from fifty-three, from 90 to 53 this year, right after the last preseason game. I was like, oh, all right. And it's like now that changes a little bit the dynamic of how you do things because you were usually cutting ten, five players, ten players, and then bringing down the roster in the game right before the final cutdown date. You're like, okay, I need more players out here because I don't want to risk my starters. And what do I do? In that final preseason game. Now, all the coaching staffs, they're able to keep it 90 to 53, but now that's going to be the big interesting thing. In the past, there would be cutdowns every other week, and you're like, okay, this name is interesting. I want to bring him into the building. This guy, I see promise in him. Let's bring him into the building. Now it's going to be just pretty much two weeks between the last, the only cutdown day and your season opener. And there's going to be a lot of talented football players going down from 90 to 53. That's what, 37 players that you got to cut and then multiply it by every NFL team. There's going to be a lot of talented football players out there that are free agents that are going to be able to be brought into your building. And there's going to be roster changes. 
If you see a position that you can get better in, you, one guy might have made it to the 53-man roster, but then he can be waived or cut and somebody else brought into the building because the front office or the coaching staff see a better fit with somebody else that got cut surprisingly by another squad. So there's going to be obviously those practice squad guys. That it's, I mean, they still make a good living being a practice squad player in the NFL. And the best part is they got their foot in the door and they are in the building and they got the coaching staff seeing them do their thing and be like, hey, you know what? Let's bring in a Tyler Hall. We liked him with the practice squad in Atlanta. Let's bring him into our building and then boom, he does great things in the 53-man roster for the Raiders. He's fighting for a spot. That's what this is all about, and it's roster construction, and it's why Dave Ziegler and his crew, they're all with their wheels turning and trying to make this roster the best possible roster that gives the Raiders the best possibility to win. And when we're talking about best possibility to win in 2023 for the Silver and Black, you got to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, the starting quarterback for the Silver and Black, who after today's practice, he met with the media in Thousand Oaks, California. Here is Jimmy Garoppolo all the way from Cal Lutheran University, where the Rams have their headquarters and practice today with the Raiders. Catch to me. Catch. We got video footage, too. Uh, <laughs> we just needed a red flag to be thrown. But, yeah, it was fun. Uh, a lot of competing out there. Going against these guys a lot, so uh, it was a lot of fun these last couple of days. You didn't play football for so long. You're still going to take time to get in the timing. I saw a couple of long balls that you overthrew a couple guys, and I mean that's just timing, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I mean that's why we're out here. I mean it's practice, so you want to try different things. Uh, you know, game time comes, it's a lot different. You know, when the bolts are flying, you know what you want to do, you know who you want to go to. But uh, out here, you can try different things, and it's always nice to mix it up, try mixing the deep ball here and there, and uh, see what the guys could do. Jimmy, it seemed like you and Hunter Renfro in particular had it going early in, in 7 on 7 red zone drills. I think he had three touchdowns from you. How, how have you worked on chemistry with him so far? Uh, Hunt's been awesome, man. He, he sees the field very well, makes it easy on me, uh, very decisive in his routes. But all those guys, I mean, him, DC, tight ends even uh, that work the slot, I mean, all those guys have been doing a good job. Just they give me easy targets, and so it makes my job a lot easier. Now that you've gone through the joint practices with the Niners and now the Rams, how would you assess where you're at? health-wise as we get ready for week one? Uh, getting better every day, honestly. Uh, just it's one of those things that you just try to stack the days together. Uh, not everything's going to be perfect. It's training camp. You know, going into year 10, I've, I figured that out. and uh, It's just part of the game, I guess. You know, you try to be perfect out here. We're all trying to be perfect. But uh, you know, things are going to happen, and we just got to keep, keep learning and keep growing as a team right now. I think that's the biggest thing. I know you're always getting prepared to play and want to play, but do you think it's important to get out there at all during the preseason, maybe you and some of the starters at all, or is it not important? Uh, I mean, it's always good to play. I mean, get, get knock some of the rust off and everything like that. We went through the warm-ups last week, so I think in the next couple of days we'll find out you know, what we're doing come Saturday. Josh will give us the answer for that, but uh, yeah, we're always ready to roll, so we'll see what happens. Whenever you're lining up against number 99, and I know you've done that quite often, um, <laughs> even in a practice setting, is that somebody that you just have to kind of be aware of? Always, always, yeah. AD's uh, he's a special talent, man. I mean, going against him twice a year these last couple of years, I've seen it firsthand, and uh, so we, we had a plan for him. Uh, dude's dude's all world, man. He really is, and so he doesn't get enough credit for it, I think. But is it more difficult? Yeah, hell of a player. Than, sorry, is it more difficult dealing with him in this setting than in an actual game? <laughs> I got a red jersey on out here, so <laughs> it's a little different out here. Uh, you know, when the real game comes, obviously you got you got to account for him, but. It's a good challenge for us. It changes things up. It was different from San Francisco last week. Uh, we didn't have to do that so much. So that's that's how the NFL goes. One week's different than the next, and you just got to be able to adjust on the fly and roll with it. 
with you take a young receiver like Trey Tucker, what are some things that you like about him? What's some advice that you've been able to give him through the process? Uh, well, I like Trey. I mean, he's explosive. He's strong. I saw in the game last week that he's got that dog in him. He's he's willing to fight for that ball, you know. And uh, for a rookie to come in and have that, that's pretty rare. So, but he's uh, you know, nowhere near perfect. He's got he's got room to grow. And uh, you know, it's just about when you're a rookie, you just gotta keep going, man. You, you can't ever think that you have it figured out at any point in your career, but especially as a rookie, you can't relax. You just got to keep going. It's, it's a long year, but, you know, he's built the right way, and mentally I think he's ready for it. Jimmy, I don't want to sound like a simpleton, but so many smiles from you these last couple of days. Is it back being fun again? I mean, you, now that you know what, know the offense a little bit, are you having fun? Am I reading you right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I always have fun out here. I mean, it's football, man. You uh, you know, obviously, it's a professional game. You gotta take it as take it as a job, but you gotta have fun out here. This is a game that you grew up playing. You know, this is where you wanted to be, and uh, just gotta enjoy the moment, man. That's what I'm trying to do. But there being two joint, two teams, you're doing joint practice against in consecutive weeks. Is it, I guess, make it like doubly, uh, like it's a lot more work for you, a lot less reliant on on preseason action. Uh, actually, seeing you yeah, time in a game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really enjoy these these joint practices. Honestly, it's. It's a nice change up from uh, banging heads against the same guys every day. Gives you a new look on defense, new coverages, new fronts up front, and you really just got to put the puzzle together. I mean, that's that's the fun part of being a quarterback in the system. You got to put the pieces together, uh, get the guys all on the same page, and go from there. So I thought we'd been doing a good job of that. We we got room to grow though as an offense. Just keep keep growing. Um, after these last two practices, what are your biggest takeaways for what you have to work on as an offense? Uh. I think just, you know, getting closer as a group, you know, there's some new guys this year. Obviously, some of these guys are returning from last year, but uh, I'm big on the, the group atmosphere, you know, away from the field. How do you bond together? How do you talk to each other? Uh, I think those little things add up and uh, that gives you a better chance to win on Sundays. So I think, uh, you know, we've done a lot of that this offseason and in training camp, but there's always room to improve on that. And so we're always trying to do that stuff. That's good. Thanks, right. Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy. There's Jimmy Garoppolo, Jaimito El Guapo, is how I'm going to call him on the radio broadcast when he, once he takes the field with the silver and black in a game. He was out there uh, on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium warming up, and he showed love to the fans, which is something I really appreciate because Raider Nation, you guys are family, so when you're out there at the stadium and you want to get players to sign you an autograph or take a picture, which, by the way, shout-out to Gorilla Rilla. He dropped his phone while Jimmy G was nearby him. Jimmy G picked it up, and he took the selfie with it from down on the field, and that was pretty cool. Uh, I know that photo blew up on social media, and, I mean, you talk about – Ice Cube, he's the president of the Raider Nation, right? That's the nickname that they say. But, heck, when you talk about Raider Nation, when you talk about Raider fans, one of the first faces that comes to mind is Gorilla Rilla. There's a guy that you always see there in the front row. Or you talk about Violator. Shout out to Wayne. Or you talk about Senor Raider. Those guys, they've been around forever, and they love this team, and they have fun with this team. And it's like as a fan, you go out to the tailgates and you see one of these guys, and it's like a celebrity sighting. They take forever to get into the, into the stadium because everybody's stopping them for a photo. So that connection between Jimmy G and the fan base is going to be important because some people might not like that Jimmy G is a Raider because his past with the Niners. But heck, look at all the great Raider players that came in as projects after being with other teams. And that's what the Silver and Black has always been about. Second opportunities, third opportunities, fourth opportunities, and just being able to bring in fellas and give them a new life in football. And Jimmy G, he was successful. He played in a Super Bowl. 
He played in a couple of NFC Championship games. Heck, last year, he was the backup. He wasn't even supposed to be with the 49ers. They had already said goodbye to him. And then he ended up staying. He stuck around. Trey Lance got hurt. Jimmy G came in. He was doing a fantastic job, but unfortunately, he got hurt. So then it was next man up, and it's Brock Purdy. And now he's with the silver and black. He looks better in silver and black than in uh, gold and red over there in the Bay. So let's have him on the field soon and see how he can manage this offense and be able to follow the instructions from the coaching staff and being able to command this offense the way that Josh McDaniels wants it to be. You want to have your head coach, your play caller, and your quarterback on the same page. And this is the marriage that we have right now in silver and black. Josh McDaniels, who was with the coaching staff in New England when Jimmy Garoppolo got drafted, and now he is the head coach and play caller for Jimmy G once again. And let's see how that is able to work out. Patrick Graham, he's going to be a big piece of this puzzle as well because the silver and black needs their defense to step up. And I've loved what, I see, what I've seen at practice with them because – Every step of the way, it's always been a but when you talk about the defense. They've looked good at um, training camp. Okay, but they still don't have pads on. They put pads on. They're getting takeaways. Okay, but is, is it talking good about the Raiders' defense or bad about the Raiders' offense? We need to see it against another team. They have the joint practices. Okay, but it's a controlled setting. Then they play in the preseason game, and they look great. But it's only preseason. There's always a but from people when you talk about this kind of situation. The only way that question is going to be answered with a certainty for everybody is once week one rolls around. And it's going to be Sean Payton. It's going to be Russell Wilson. It's going to be that crew that they have out there in Denver that you're going to go out against. It's going to be a hostile environment out there in Mile High because they're going to be excited about this new project with new owners, with new coaching staff, with new front office. They got new players coming in. They got Javante Williams back. They want to be able to win this first game, but the silver and black, they're going to try to make it seven in a row against the Broncos. It's been domination since the Raiders relocated to Vegas when it comes to that series against the Denver Broncos. And they got the Raiders have to kick off the season winning one of these first two games, either Buffalo or Denver. Denver first, September 10th, and then Buffalo, September 17th. You win one of those two, and then you come with your to your home opener with the possibility of being over 500 once you roll back to being on the road against Justin Herbert and the Chargers in week four. So that Denver game, of course, is the one that you, you see the odds. And it's like, which one do the Raiders have a better chance at winning when you co- go over to the casino and see the odds? And those odds definitely show you that the Broncos game is more accessible than the Buffalo game. But you know what? Once the Raiders take the field, if they are able to impress against the Broncos and be like, hey, you know what? This defense, it's actually for real. There's no more butts anymore. Well... Maybe they can do something against Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and the folks out there in Buffalo, New York. But it's all about 
taking steps forward. The defense has been doing it throughout the offseason. The offense, it hasn't looked as constant as we wanted to. Why? Because the defense has been balling out. They've been doing great. But you've seen those flashes from Jimmy G doing his thing on the field with the, not as many bombs, but when he has looked for Devontae Adams deep, even though he thinks, hey, I might have overthrown him, Adams finds a way to get to the ball. Trey Tucker, he's evolving. He's growing into a football player within himself just months after being drafted. Hunter Renfro and Jacoby Myers, they are pros. They are veterans in this league now. You know what you got from these two fellas that were drafted. Well, one undrafted in 2019, the other one drafted in 2019. Both arrived in the NFL the same year. Now it's go and get it. Create yourself into a contender. Nobody thinks you are. Well, go against the grain and be like, hey, I am what I am, and I am going to come out and prove people wrong. That's always, that's always been the Raider way, right? Go and prove people wrong. Punch them in the face. Not literally, but just with the expression of it's like, hey, they don't believe in you. Show them straight at their face. Show them that they are wrong. And that's what the Raiders got to do right now. There's, you look at the odds. What was it? USA Today? I think had them in their season predictions with the second worst record in the NFL. That's a chip on their shoulders. That's bulletin board material. And heck, I've been there in the locker room. They do put that bulletin board material up, not in the bulletin board, because now they got screens that you can change easily. And that's the way it is. See what they think about you and prove people wrong. I know I've done it in my life. I've proved people wrong. Heck, you know what? I got people on my Facebook that I don't like, but I'll just let them stay on my Facebook as friends and be like, hey, I'm going to go and be successful despite them. Show them that you can do better despite them, and that's what the Raiders got to do. You got haters. You got detractors. You got people that don't believe in you. Go and prove them wrong. Go and do your thing and just put in the work and get to that next level. And we need you to help us Get our brothers and sisters in Hawaii to the next level and recover from all the tragedy that has happened out there. And today, all 750 Raising Cane's restaurants across the country are donating 15% of profits to support the relief efforts in Maui. The donation will provide shelter, housing, and other resources to those impacted by the fires. Please help make a difference by ordering Raising Cane's today in restaurant, drive through to go or online. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. Show love to our brothers and sisters in Maui and help them recover from that disaster that happened out there. And we've seen the images. They're impactful. And a lot of people look at Hawaii as, and Maui as a tr- tourism destination. It's a home for a lot of people. And we know out here in Las Vegas, it's the Ninth Island. We got a lot of, a lot of brothers and sisters from Hawaii that live here now. Let's help those that still live out there in Hawaii. Let's go to a commercial break. Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Your last chance to call in to today's JT The Brick Show. the JT The Brick Show with today's guest host, Harry Ruiz. Allen looking deep over the middle. Intercepted! Picked off! It was tipped! 
Raiders coming in on return. Down to the five. Brought down, get in. Down to the two-yard line. Sam Webb on the interception. Another big play by the Raider defense. So close to a pick six right there by Sam Webb. Right place, right time, ready to attack on the ball. He got it. He got down to the two, and the Raiders scored with a sincere McCormick two-yard reception from Chase Garbers on the next play. Harry Ruiz here with you, ready to close down shop here on Raider Nation Radio for today's JT The Brick Show. Of course, Q Myers is coming up next with unnecessary roughness from two to five. But first, you know, when I'm here, I love talking baseball because it's my therapy for me, being able to just talk about a sport while football isn't going on in regular season, I'm able to talk baseball. And heck, once football starts, I still got like a month and a half or hopefully two months once the Dodgers are done with their participation, which I hope it's deep in October this season. And you know a great place where you can go and have fun out here in Vegas watching some sports is out there at Resorts World. They got great viewing places all over the casino, but one of my favorite places right now at Resorts World is the brand new Golden Monkey Tiki Lounge. It's the ultimate tropical getaway where you can enjoy delicious island-inspired cocktails and soak up the lively atmosphere. And the best part, they got a local special. Buy one, get one free every night from 8 p.m. until midnight. Us that live out here in Vegas, we love a great local special. And the Golden Monkey at Resorts World, they have you covered. Back to baseball. National League. That race for the top spot in the National League has now become also the race for the best record in Major League Baseball, and it's a two-horse race. The Atlanta Braves, who are on fire right now, they beat the Yankees once again. Eddie Rosario to the plate, and he hits a high fly ball towards left center field. Bader going back. Bader to the wall. Put some muscle into that thing. A two-run homer, Eddie Rosario. And that was it. That was all the scoring that happened in that game over in Atlanta. 2 to nothing win for the Braves over the Bronx Bombers. 2 to nothing win and the Braves with it, 78 and 42. They're two wins away from being the first team with 80 victories in the 2023 Major League Baseball season. And only four and a half games behind them are the streaking Dodgers who won their 10th straight last night. Dodgers and Brewers tied at one, bottom of the second. There's a fly ball to left field. Miguel Rojas with a power surge. He hadn't hit a home run in more than a year until a couple of weeks ago. Now he has hit his third, and the Dodgers take a two-to-one lead. That's what happens when you got pressure, when you got when the team trades for somebody that can take your spot, which in this case it's Ahmed Rosario, the former Las Vegas 51 player, 51's player. He was a top prospect in the Mets uh, camp. He got brought up with the Mets. He got traded, and now he got traded to the Dodgers as well, and he is the guy that a lot of people thought would take over Miguel Rojas' spot at shortstop. Well, Rojas is now on fire. The Dodgers won 7-1 against the Brewers last night, 73-46, four and a half games back of the best record in the National League and in Major League Baseball. In the previous years, it was always the Dodgers on top of the Braves for that top spot. Well, now the Dodgers are the ones chasing Atlanta, and it's definitely interesting right now between these two squads. I hope that's a National League Championship Series matchup between those two squads. But 
It's not only about the best record in baseball or the best record in the National League. The wild card race, now that you've got an extra spot there, that you've got teams fighting for that position, it's getting interesting. In Arizona, after having a very good start to the season, they started slacking and they started looking a little bit down. But right now, they're only a game and a half back of the final wild card spot. Hit in the air, center field, going back Doyle, at the track, at the wall, it is gone! Walker does it again! Second home run of the game, number 28 on the season. Christian Walker, two bombs in that game. He switched what was a deficit of 7-6 to a lead of 8-7. The D-backs won 9-7. And look at that. That National League wildcard spot, is those, those three spots are interesting right now. Philadelphia... San Francisco, Chicago, the Cubs. Right now, Cubs, Cincinnati, and Miami are tied for the last spot. And Arizona right behind them, a game and a half back. It's going to be fun. The Cubs, I mean, those guys, for a moment, it seemed like they were going to be sellers in the trade deadline. And look at them. They're in a wild card spot right now. And they are doing that. 2-2 pitch, hammered to left field, hit a ton and deep, and gone. Have a night, Matt McClain. A two-run blast for McLean. It's his third RBI of the night. So that was actually Cincinnati. And the Reds, they're in that fight as well. 63-59. and 59. They came back on the win column with the victory. Uh, Matt McLean, two-run home run, 7-2 win over the Cleveland Guardians. I won't say the old name. Fortunately, I got myself there. Let's go Christopher Morrell from the Cubs. And the 1-2. Swinging a drive toward right center. Back goes Robert. Back near the stands. That ball is gone. A game-winning home run for Chris Morrell. Can you believe it? Listen to this crowd. Cubs win the ball game. A dramatic home run by Christopher Morrell. He has taken his shirt off. Well, I mean, that's a great reason to take your shirt off. You're losing by two. You go into the ninth inning, two runners on the bases, and you hit a walk-off home run at Wrigley Field. Those fans were going crazy for their cubbies. So that's the situation right now. Atlanta and Dodgers, Atlanta and the Dodgers, they're running away with the two best records in the National League and in baseball at the moment. Milwaukee, they're the leaders in the Central. And then those three wildcard spots, it's Philadelphia, Las Vegas native um, Bryce Harper, and Scott out there as well. San Francisco, Chicago. But then Chicago is side with Cincinnati, Miami, and Arizona is just a game back, game and a half back. So I understand the baseball purists because I'm one of them that liked it when it was just one wild card or two wild card teams and they would fight over that final playoff spot. But at the end of the day, having these extra teams join the fight and having six teams advancing in the National League, they're making things interesting. And they're keeping more teams invested and wanting to win that season. And for example, the Cubs. Maybe a couple of years ago, they would have 100% been sellers if you didn't have those extra wildcard spots. So it's fun right now when you talk about baseball. And let's head over now to the American League. The Houston Astros, which I will never like. Right now, they are catching fire, and they got, they're in a comfortable spot when you talk about wildcard positioning, but they want to get the top seed in the AL West. Tied for seventh in the AL with the 76 RBIs, and he drives the first pitch deep to center field. It sends back Chisholm onto the warning track looking up. See you later! Alex Bregman goes deep, and the Astros go up one to nothing. Bregman's 19th home run of the year. 
12 to 5 win for the Astros, who are the sixth team in Major League Baseball to get a 70 wins this season. They're a pair of games back behind the Houston, sorry, the Texas Rangers, who lost against the Angels. And guess what happened in that Angels game? There's a high fly ball, left center field, struck pretty well. Tavares back at the wall, it is gone. Shohei Otani has reached number 42, and the hair flies around the bases with Shohei as he gives the Angels a 1-0 lead. Yeah, you guessed it. Shohei Otani, he hit another home run. They're doing their thing out there in Anaheim, and they're trying to stay relevant, but at the moment, they are seven games back from the final wild card spot. So that seems very interesting, very difficult for them to get themselves out of that hole. And at the end of the day, these might be the last couple of games of Shohei in Anaheim. I was out there at Dodger Stadium last night, and I was with my friends Kathy and Marsha, who are season ticket holders. They're actually like in the handicap session section right in front of what used to be my season ticket, and I would always stand on my seat and high-five them after we we hit home runs and get runs. I was talking with them yesterday, and they said the Dodgers are increasing season tickets for next year 10%. The parking is increasing 20% for season ticket holders that buy the whole year. And they were like, what happens if we don't get Shohei? We're still going to have the same invoice, and the price is going to increase if we get him or not. And I'll say this, I I don't want to sound like sour grapes, but Dodger Stadium, they're getting too greedy out there for me. A super Dodger dog, 10 bucks. And they don't even have honey mustard anymore. They don't have onions for your hot dogs anymore. I was like, come on, people. I love the garlic fries when I used to be a season ticket holder out there. They don't have garlic fries. 15 bucks. 15, sorry, 15 bucks for a bucket of popcorn. I was like, all right. Good thing I could still park all the way outside the stadium at Lilac Terrace and save those 35 bucks for the parking. But I was like, hey, that experience is changing a lot. And uh, this year, it's actually my fourth stadium. I went to Arizona, Chase Field. I went to San Francisco, AT&T Park. I went to Wrigley Field. And I went to Dodger Stadium last night. It was great to be able to watch Clayton Kershaw pitch once again. It wasn't his best game. Just two strikeouts after the fifth inning, they pulled him. He still got the win, and the Dodgers got that 10th victory, which is crazy in my opinion that you look at that roster, and you're talking about Kika Hernandez, who wasn't having his best year with the Red Sox. You're talking about Ahmed Rosario, which Cleveland was happy to get rid of him, and the Dodgers, he's doing a great job with them. Miguel Rojas is surging. You look at the Dodgers with Bobby Miller, with guys that you would grove, Fellas that were in AAA just a couple of months ago, and due to injury, they're still there, and they're winning. And that just shows you, if you have a winning culture, and you got key pieces, which, for example, I'll say, with the Raiders, you got Crosby, and you got Adams. With the Dodgers, you got Mookie, and you got Freddie. You got those two guys eating the, the charge, doing their thing, being elite, and just feeding the rest of the team with energy, and with an example of what they got to do, That can change a lot of things. So make sure that Max Crosby and Devontae Adams, they're healthy once week one rolls around. You know what? 
I'm hungry. I'm going to go get some Grimaldi's Pizza right now because it's hands down my favorite pizza in Las Vegas. Only at Grimaldi's Pizzeria can you get the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza that you crave. Go to Summerlin, on the Strip at the Palazzo, Southwest Las Vegas, Green Valley, wherever you're in town, there's a Grimaldi's Pizzeria near you. That's it for today, Raider Nation. I'll be back tomorrow here at the Raider Nation Radio Studios for the JT The Brick Show from noon to 2. So make sure you tune in. Stay on board with us from 2 to 5. Hugh Myers, Ari, they're going to take you all the way till 5 o'clock. Have a fantastic day, Raider Nation.